Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe with my buddies Ziggy Rodriguez and Thomas Patrick Dorian. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So, still my buddies, and you're still here. Uh, you haven't eaten all the donuts. We've got a few donuts left. Um, but I tell you what, we got something to talk about today. Absolutely. All right. So we 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 uh, we all know what it means to say I love you, mm-hmm. um, but you know, and also we also know that Jesus was a radical in his day. And even some of his teachings today are still very radical. They are. Right? Very countercultural, it seems. Um, and so as we look at John's 13th gospel, there's a, there's a couple lines in there I want to read because I think we want to talk about this uh, and why it might be a challenging thing to this day still. Jesus says, I give you a new commandment, love one another. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now, it's pretty simply stated. We all think, well, okay, I love everybody. I think I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. But I I think if we look closely at that, this idea of loving one another, and then also that we'll be known by that love. We'll be known to be disciples of Jesus specifically by that love. That's what Jesus is saying. Well, and he's kicking it up a notch, right? Because before it was... Love one another. Love love others as you love yourself. Yeah, he's saying, love one another as I have loved you. Yeah, and that's even a little higher task, I think. Yeah, because stop and think. Just, just a hair. Just just <laughs> you barely. know, just barely. Everybody in my life, that would be another. Those are the people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, would I be willing to die for them? Would I climb up on a cross? Well, first of all, would I also be willing to be spat upon and uh, you know whipped? To near death, right? Stripped naked and stuck on a, nailed to a cross. Would I be willing to do that? And then to take my last breath on their behalf. Mm. That that might be a little challenging. It'd be difficult. So I think that what we should do here is get one of our uh, top ten shows going. Top ten show. Yeah, that's the new new version of the jingle. It's very Uh, nice. That is copyrighted. We're still working on it. I I don't think we have to. (laughs) In Finland. Yeah. I believe it. (laughs) <laughs> so uh so the top 10 challenges to love and i, th- I think that some of these we're going to get to uh you know the bottom of this whole difficulty you know and kind of figure out where you know we because a lot of us probably think that we do a pretty good job with love and a lot of times i think that we hide behind certain things like i know i've said to myself like um you know um, I, I can love them, but not really like them, mm, right? Sure. So I, I so that so it's an excuse. It's a way to hate somebody by, by saying you're loving them. Mm-hmm. Well, I love them, but I can't stand to be around them. And I'm not saying that we should like suddenly invite everyone to dinner and have a great conversation with them, etc. But I am going to say that we've got to do a little better than just not liking them. We love them, but not like them. Mm -hmm. And so this is the challenging part. And so if we go through this list, I think we're going to find there are things that basically we experience and that are part of us that we need to expel if we actually want to truly love. Mm. Now, the first thing that I have on this list, the the number one thing on the top ten list of challenges to love is pride. 
There you go. Tom, I know you specifically have a problem with pride. <laughs> <laughs> how, how can you not with this hair? It is some nice hair. <laughs> I but, have never had a problem with pride. <laughs> no. How dare you say that? No, I, I you know, I've I've always said and I think uh you know, I think we all know that like really pride is that that first it's the mother of all sins, right? It's the of the seven deadly sins, it's the gateway sin that opens the door to everything because it's all about me. Right. You know, but how many times have we like I want to win the argument? How many times have arguments gone on and gotten way too far just because you refused anybody refused to back down? Oh yeah. I got to win at all costs. Mm-hmm. And we don't even define it that way I've got to win at all costs. We'll just say like, "Well, I'm right." And they're wrong. You know, how many marriages have been broken up, friendships, you know, destroyed, relationships between parents and children because someone had to be right. That's true. And that's really essentially at the heart of that is pride. And pride is one of those, the great enemies of love. Because if love is defined as like total self-gift to another, Mm. pride becomes that a wall, a barrier, Mm -hmm. maybe even a jail cell for your love. It just keeps it trapped in there. And you can't do anything because everything has to feed the ego. Everything has to, to be turned inwardly to you, mm-hmm. right? So pride is the number one. Right, and what comes to mind is what the, what the St. Thomas Aquinas said, the devil uh, said during his fall, non-servium, I will not serve. Yeah, <coughs> right. Yeah, and one of the Eastern fathers, Apollos, said, you know, the, the devil has no knees. Uh-huh. He's not, not going to bow down ever. He can't. He has no knees. And it's like we need to get knees, right? Mm. And, and in that uh, way, then it destroys our own pride, mm-hmm. right? That's why one of those one of those deadly sins. So number two on the list um, is we don't really understand what love is, mm-hmm. but we need to define terms. I always do that with my high school students when they say, "Like, well, can't two, uh, you know, anybody can anybody love another person? You know, uh, why is marriage defined as one man one woman? Can't anybody love another? It's like, well, let's define our terms." Mm-hmm. Can two people get along or like, or can they have, you know, relations of certain kinds? You know, you can, if that's how you define love, let's define love. And I think that, I think a lot of people just don't know how to define love. Mm -hmm. Well, and a lot of times we are not in touch with the fact that our faith is incarnational and that when we say God is love and we say that Jesus took on flesh, he still takes on flesh today in the Eucharist and desires to incarnate himself in us to transform mm. us that we might become love and manifest Christ to others. And so if you're not manifesting the person of Jesus Christ, then you're not manifesting love. Right. And if you don't understand that simple definition of love, then you're, then you're prone to all the, the, the distortions. Right? You, 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 you fall into lust, and you see the hashtag love is love. It's like, well, love is not love if it's lust, you know? And, and there, there, there's good love, and then there's, I won't even call it love, but there's a bad expression or dis, uh, distortion of love that, that we find so much of the world, right, embroiled in. And that, so defining love as that total self-gift and realizing what Jesus did on the cross for us, that's love. For the betterment of the other, for the good of the, to will the good of the other, and you get no benefit, that's love. And that's hard to come by these days, because we don't really understand that. What's, what do I get? Mm. You know, what's mine? What's my take? What, what, what do I deserve then? Um, so let's, uh, let's look at that. And you know what? In fact, that's, uh, that's my number three, is that love, we think sometimes that love is earned, or it is transactional. Mm. It, it becomes a contract. I give this, 
and I get this in return. I give this, I get this in return. I've mm-hmm. earned this, I deserve this, which is part of the pride thing. But the reality is, if we're going through life thinking that love is earned, we're never going to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Because we'll never do enough to get what satisfies. When in fact, love is not earned, love is a free gift. Mm-hmm. Right? There's nothing I can do to be loved, but accept it. Even if it's from another, you know, in the name of God, it's like to accept the love freely is a huge challenge for people, right? So if we go around the world trying to earn love, we're always going to be behind. Mm. We're never going to be able to fill up the love, you know, quotient that we see ourselves needing because we're never going to be satisfied because we've got to keep earning, keep earning, and we've got to keep doing things. When in fact, to some degree, we just need to stop trying to earn it and just receive it. Right. Yeah, which is not always easy to do. Mm-mm. So number four, um, Tom, you had come up with this one. You'd, you, we made a little list ahead of time, and you came up with this was anger. Yeah. Holding on to anger, grievances, uh, grudges, things that stain the soul. Uh, you know, oh, was that Sam? Oh, it doesn't I'm not going to have the pride of saying <laughs> We want to give credit where credit is due. No, it was Sam. And also to, be, to say that, like, that's amazing. Sam actually had a, a decent thought there. I admit that it was Sam. No, I'm kidding. I that admit was, that it was Sam with love. Yes, very good. You, you did. Guys, Look at that. You guys love each other. That's beautiful. So, so Sam, anger. I mean, we, we hold on to stuff like that, and it warps our perspective, and it actually becomes a wall. Absolutely. Well, and it's funny. When you look at the Sermon on the Mount, where it talks about uh, lusting after a person in their heart, right? In the same paragraph or in the same section, it's saying if I'm angry with a, with my brother in my heart, if I'm calling him a fool in my heart, right? Then I'm then I'm basically it's using the same language that you're kind of killing him in your heart. And to an extent, I think that in the same way that we typically think of objectification, objectifying people just in terms of the sexual sins, right? But I think that we can objectify a person if we're going to reduce them to that thing they did to us. Mm. That thing that really ticked us off. That's another way that we objectify folks and fail to receive them in the fullness of their personhood. Right. And I think everybody would be in agreement that slavery is bad, but we actually enslave ourselves to yes. that anger, right? Yes. That, that, that thing that we won't forgive or won't get rid of or that, would, that anger that we hold actually becomes our master. Wow. Yeah. And that destroys our potential for love. Right, mm-hmm. it just walls it all off, and again, you're nothing but this bitter heart. And and you know what? And sadly, people go, they're no fun to be around. Right? Mm-hmm. They just and you've been around those people before. Mm-hmm. They don't radiate love. They don't radiate goodness, happiness, joy, peace, any of that stuff, because they're holding on to something that is essentially is it's warped their whole persona. And so, anger and and like grievances and grudges and things are things that actually become a, a huge obstacle to love. So number five um, is, um, you know, this one's a, a, a troubling one because it's kind of sad, but it's a lo- low self-esteem, mm-hmm. right? I, I just had an experience with um, a young lady today at school who was not able to turn in an assignment and then was like, what is this going to do my grade and what's going to happen? And I can't, and it led to sort of like a kind of a meltdown in terms of I, I can't do this. And, and all of a sudden I start hearing about the stresses and the pressures, the problems they're having in a home life. It's very sad. But then they basically were saying, I can't do this because I'm just not, I'm not able to, I'm not good enough, I don't deserve, it's like suddenly turned into this inward mm. self-destruction, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and this poor young lady was crying, but what I, what I helped her to see, we, we took some deep breaths there, right? And we, and we sat down, and I said, I'll write you a note to your next class, it'll be okay. 
But look, you have to understand that 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 you are like loved, that God loves you just the way the broken you, the one that you don't love, God loves that you. Not the future better you, right? But not the new improved you, the sinless you, the the perfect worker you, the one that does all the right. It's like God loves you, and that's who he died for, and that's what love is, right? And helping to build, it's like, and also this person's really smart. She's one of the smartest girls in the class, and it's like, help her to understand that that you are smart. I see such great potential in you, but you could become your own worst enemy if you think that you are not, right? You know the old uh, proof of existence, I think, therefore I am, right? It's like, you know, if you think that you are worthless, you become worthless. Mm-hmm. Well, in the same vein, you had mentioned being a slave to anger. You can become a slave to vanity. Yeah. Where if you have this low self-image where you don't think of yourself as lovable, then you can become addicted to the approval of others. Every salve, unction, every potion, every balm, everything that's sold <laughs> to make you a better, more improved, acceptable version of yourself. Yes, that as well. Hair products. Tom doesn't need hair products. <laughs> All right. So uh, pride and uh, definition of true love and uh, love is earned uh, and certainly anger and grievances and low self-esteem. The first five challenges we've come up with uh, to love. And so we're going to do five more. But first, we're going to take a break. Uh, and we, uh, we, we want to have them visit us on social media, don't they? Oh, yes. Please like visit us. On, like us on Facebook and like our posts and share them and comment on them. It makes a difference. And also Instagram and Twitter. And please uh, write us messages because we'd love to hear from That's you. That's right. Send me an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. With that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Little is known about the details of the life of St. Lucy. She lived in Syracuse in Italy in the early 4th century. One tradition tells us that her mother raised her to be a pious and holy young girl. She prayed fervently and often. St. Lucy decided at a young age to consecrate herself to God, but she did so secretly because she thought her mother would not approve. In fact, She had already made arrangements to have St. Lucy married to a wealthy and influential pagan in town. However, her mother, who had been ill for a very long time, was miraculously cured after her daughter prayed for her at the tomb of St. Agatha. She was so thankful to God for this blessing that when she discovered that St. Lucy wanted nothing more than to live as a bride of Christ, she eagerly and thankfully gave her approval to her daughter's willingness to live out her vocation. Her rejected suitor, however, was not as thankful, to say the least. When he heard what had happened, he gave St. Lucy's name to the local governor and told him she was a Christian. This was, in effect, a death sentence, as Christians at this time were being persecuted, most being subjected to unimaginable torture and painful deaths. Tradition tells us that St. Lucy's eyes were gouged out. In fact, she is usually depicted in artwork holding a plate with her eyes upon it. But even though she was blinded in this horrible way, St. Lucy would not recant her love of Christ. Finally, after much suffering at the hands of her persecutors, she was eventually martyred. The name of Lucy literally means light, and it was evident that even though she was blinded, 
she could still see clearly the light of truth that shone brightly in the fledgling church of the 4th century. And her clear vision can serve as a tremendous example for us. In fact, she has been named the patroness of the blind. We can all, in a sense, be blinded, blinded by the allurement of sin, and it is only through the mercy of God that we are healed. It is only through the light of Christ that we can truly see again. St. Lucy is one of the many Catholic saints who can help us see that light. By following in her brave and holy ways, we too can be healed of our blindness. Her feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on December 13th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And welcome back to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting here with Tom Dorian and Sam Ziggy Rodriguez, and we are talking about challenges to love. How yes, we do are. we, in the, as in the 13th chapter of John, do we love one another as Jesus has loved us? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And, and we, do we want to be known as his disciples? And I think we do. Mm-hmm. But we have to love one another to do that. And so this is a new commandment he's given us. Mm-hmm. Right? And you'd think like, well, it sounds like an old, you know, it's like not a new message to love one another. But apparently this is like the big deal. And it's also still challenging to us in this world. So we've come up with a top ten list, which mm-hmm. is basically the top ten challenges to love. And we said number one was pride. Number two, you know, hashtag love is love, the definition of love, right? Number three, that we think that love is earned or transactional. Number four, that uh, anger and grievances and grudges keep us from love, and certainly low self-esteem keep us from love. So let's do the back end of this puppy here, Uh, and uh, we are going to talk about uh, number six on this list, Uh, and this is a biggie, Um, things that keep us from love, the ability to love, to give or receive, is sin, Right, concupiscence, the, the draw to sin. Um, and I've, how many times, Tom, have we done shows and we always, always say, like, what is the antidote to all that stuff? Where yeah. do they go? Confession. Yeah, go to confession because, you know, it just, clean. Yeah, it just cleans everything out. You know, it's like a, it's like a tune-up. It's whatever analogy you want to use, but it's like, okay, now it's, it's easier to do things when you're in the right state. Especially right. when you're in the right, uh, you know, moral state. That's right. If you're in a state of grace, um, and so sin then becomes it just it blocks, right? We don't see anything but that sin, which can also lead us to low self-esteem. That's it can, true. It can program us too and program our thinking. Like an easy example with uh, the research about pornography, how it rewrites neural pathways. Yeah. The adrenaline. There's the a science of, to it, dopamine oh, yeah. and all that stuff, and how it affects our brains. You know, leads to addictive behavior, and and we become dependent upon that 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 sin, and and that definitely is like you you gotta that sin has got to go away, right? Mm-hmm. And that's if you want to experience love, and that's also nice is that when you actually go to confession, you are experiencing love. That's true. That's the mercy of God uh, played out in a, in a in an incarnational way, mm-hmm. right? We actually hear it in our ears. That's right. Right. Know that we're reconciled. Number seven, creature comforts. This idea of comfort, of, of the things that make us happy, goodies might be another word you might use, Tom. Right, right. You've got a lot of goodies in your life. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Nice, nice cars. 
Yeah, no, you don't. Big bank account. I see the pickup truck you got out there. That thing's nice still running. Drove. Yeah, <laughs> barely. <laughs> you do have nice hair. So you if don't I really stick my need feet to the floorboard, it'll run really well. You I got one of those Fred Flintstone right. brake systems. That's right. Yeah, so we can really get drawn into and think that love is is like is is a reward that we feel, mm. right? So that the stuff. If I just get this bigger TV, if if I just have these kinds of friends, or if I have this amount of money, if I if I've got this amount of security, and you know, all these things become creature comforts, and they actually become, I think, a little bit kind of like a boat anchor. Yeah, because if you don't have them, also, then and it's if only I had this, if only I had that, you know, and that can really become an obstacle as well. Oh, yeah. But when you learn to turn your sight from the thing to the God, right? Then you, you actually mm-hmm. become freed. Yeah. Right? So it actually liberates you, and you, you kind of like, you, the chains don't hold you down anymore. You kind of float free. Well, Matthew Kelly has a great quote, which is, you can never have enough of what you don't need. Oh, see? There you go. <laughs> yeah. I always said the same kind of thing as like, you know, when I discovered I had a hole in my heart. Mm. Right, and you, you, the more stuff you put in there, the bigger the hole gets. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's just it's a non, uh, an unstoppable process, until you find the Lord, and you, and that's where you focus, and you, you then you experience true love, and it changes your life mm-hmm. uh, and everyone else around you. Um, okay, number eight. So bad communication and openness. How many times do we let things fester? Do we keep them inside? Do we not express? Do we not, uh, you know? We have monsters that live inside us sometimes, I think. When we when we hold things in and we don't communicate, and, and then bad communication, I mean, look, ultimately it led to the, the Reformation in the 1500s. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just something as simple as how to get the word from here to there. You know, write something on some, uh, you know, in vegetable dye on, a, on an uh, animal skin and put it on a donkey and slap its rear end and send it, you know, 300 miles that way and then wait for the reply for months and you fester. Mm. Right now, all of a sudden, you're excommunicating everybody. Right. Right? And, and it's, it's amazing how um, that lack of communication keeps us from being able to give and receive love. Well, also think about these days we have with social media and communication technology, I think has actually done a lot to ruin communication because we end up thinking of communication as being that and thinking of friendships as being yeah. the virtual friendships that you might have through social media, then all of a sudden a real tech, a real conversation becomes, oh, I just texted with this person, right? right. And and then you really miss the real encounter, and mm-hmm. you miss that which is central to the incarnational aspect of our faith. Plus, nobody can spell anymore, so we'll just leave it <laughs> that. So number nine uh, challenges to love. Number nine is. Um, Hobbies, attachments, distractions, and busy time. Yep. We got to fill every minute of every day. And all those things, I mean, literally, they become distractions. They do. From love. Mm-hmm. Right? So kind of what you're talking about then in terms of like these communications, they, they become distractions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number of times that I've caught myself like scrolling through my news feed, just what's happening in the world and thinking I'm really connected to the world. It's, you're not. You're disengaged from the world. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's a proper place for all that, for knowledge and, you know, whatever. But but so often, it takes the place of a real relationship. And so it becomes a distraction. And so now we're no longer attracted to the right thing, which is a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Right? So to be Jesus' disciple, and whatever gets in the way of us and Jesus is a problem. Whether it's family, whether it's stuff, 
uh, you know, whatever it is that separates us from God is a problem. Mm-hmm. It becomes a distraction, right? right? So sometimes our hobbies are too much. Yep. It, they interfere with our ability to choose the better, the better part, which is sitting at Christ's feet because we're, we're busy about many things. Like yes, Martha, Martha you're Mary. exactly right. You're exactly right. <laughs> right. Um, so thank you, by the way, for cleaning the table before we got in here, Sam. Oh, my pleasure. He's our, he's our Catholic Cafe Martha. You know, cleaned everything <laughs> up. And so Tom and I got to just bond and we were hanging out and eating donuts. Oh, no, and man, Sam was cleaning. <laughs> that being said, you're exactly right. It becomes a distraction, right? And so this last one, um, I, I left it last on, pur- on purpose because I think it's so powerful. And that is having a bad prayer life. Mm-hmm. And and having no routine in your prayer life, having, you know, and it's like it's amazing to me how many people, how many times when I'm in when I'm not feeling the love, right? I find out that like I've kind of slacked off on my prayers. Mm-hmm. I'm not in tune and in touch with God or anyone else, and that can it's like oh wait a second, and I think that's one of the most important ones that helps us to love is to have a relationship with God, especially in prayer. Yep. Bishop Barron has a fantastic quote in his, uh, his treatment of the Beatitudes and the blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Mm-hmm. He, he interprets that Beatitude as being blessed are you who are not addicted to good feelings. Ooh. Yeah. Now, and how do you know that if you're not having a prayerful relationship with God? How do you do that self-discovery? Do you ever sit quietly and just ponder? Do you sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament? Do you do you read the Scriptures and let the Scriptures speak to you? Um, it's amazing how I think we've gotten so busy, and that's part of the distractions thing, that one of the downfalls of all that is we don't pray. Mm-hmm. And people will say, you know, I pray, or, you know, and how many times has a newscaster told us, you know, we'll keep you in our thoughts and prayers. And you wonder, like, does Shepard Smith actually get on his knees? Now, I don't know. I'm sure Shepard Smith does if he says that. But how many times do our newscasters that we watch when they say that, are they actually going to pray? Do they sit down or kneel down and then use that family or that tragedy or that whatever, and they actually do that? And I'm, I, We all have that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The point is just do it. Yeah. Yeah, do it. You got to spend more time with God and and and, and do that. prayer is going to do that. And right. again, I'm not challenging all the news people and saying they're 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 heathens, hypocrites. I think they're good. <laughs> they're they're good people. Like, but like all they of are. us, sometimes we don't follow through with that. Right. When someone says, "Hey, will you pray for me?" It's like, yeah, I will. So I like to do that right immediately at that point with mm-hmm. them, and that makes it a lot easier. Doesn't oh, yeah. it? Yep. So there are the ten challenges to love that are just uh, we got to overcome those. Start with one. Maybe you can do two, three, four. Pretty soon, you're in love with God, right? And you're loving one another as he has loved us. So let's ask our Blessed Mother to be with us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.